0: E. This podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network.
1: The Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great content, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Principal PLN podcast hosted by Dr. Spike Cook, Jessica Johnson, and Teresa Stagger. Principal PLN is a weekly roundtable discussion about current topics in educational leadership. Be sure to follow our hosts on Twitter, at Dr. Spike Cook, at Principal J, and at Principal Stagger. There are many great ways to contact the PLN. Follow the hashtag PrincipalPLN or at PrincipalPLN on Twitter. You can also search and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. All links can be found online at PrincipalPLN.com. Okay, welcome to the Principal PLN, episode number 94. I'm here with Jethro Jones, who is the creator of one of the most awesome podcasts out there, The Transformative Principal. He does so much stuff throughout the state of Alaska, throughout the world at this point. And uh, I am really excited
0: to be here with Jethro uh, this afternoon. How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks
0: so much for having me. It's uh, exciting to be on your podcast.
1: No problem. I'm sorry you got stuck with me. You know, Jessica had uh, <laughs> something else going on, and uh, Teresa was at a basketball game with her kids. So, yeah, you kind of got stuck with me.
0: Well, you know, it's a busy time of year, so I get that.
1: Yeah, so, um, well... I'm really excited to talk with you today because uh, it's like the tables are turned because last time I talked with you, I was on your podcast and um, you know you were the one asking all the questions. so today i'm I'm excited because I get a chance to ask you a bunch of questions.
0: That's right. and for those of you who are listening at home, the great Spike Cook interview um, will be coming out pretty soon here and the actual date that it's coming out, is april 1st april fool's day even oh great <laughs> so no pun intended but yeah there's a pun in there somewhere yeah there is um
1: <laughs> definitely so um well let's let's bring everybody in the principal pln um uh world up to you know up to speed on your um Your progress over the last couple years because it's it's been a while since you've been on the show so um, I guess talk to us a little bit about um, you know what are you up to now Um, you know where you are with your your job and and career and everything yeah so
0: I took a new job up in uh, Fairbanks Alaska at a middle school and um, doing some awesome things up here that i'm really excited about and uh very grateful for and it's uh, it's been a wonderful move we were in kodiak alaska before and man i'm thinking the last time that i was on your podcast though i think i was still an assistant principal down in utah is that right that is right and yeah. you were talking
1: about um you know a couple of different um you know, ideas that you had at the time. And, um, I think it was right before or right after you had taken a road trip up there. If I, if I remember correctly, yeah, Um, that could be (laughs) so, so it definitely has been a few years. So, um, so what's the, you know, what's education like up in, in in Alaska now that you've had two different opportunities in two different, uh, settings. What are your, um, you know, like what is your, um, you know, feelings about, uh, the progress that's being made up there.
0: Well, you know, it's really interesting because, uh, down in lower 48, there was this tremendous, uh, pressure on, you know, um, the common core state standards and standardized testing. And, everybody, when I was down in lower 48 was just getting started with, um, the park and the other, whatever they're called tests that thankfully I don't even know about now. And, um, And there was just all this like pressure around that, that, you know, we, of course we put that on ourselves, but then we also, um, we also make it worse than it has to be. And, um, and coming up here, there's just not that same kind of pressure. And so um, in a lot of ways, education up here is still the wild West, you know, districts are very far apart from each other in some areas moving from my district in Kodiak to the district in Fairbanks. I was going back 10 years and it was just crazy that I'm having to re-talk about these things that I haven't talked about for years, uh, like standards-based grading, for example. And then um, in other areas, um, this district is way farther ahead. Like we have a whole BYOD process set up. My school's a BYOD school and kids bring their devices and use them in school and all that. And, there's you know there's just a lot of um, differences the the districts are much more um, independently run up here mm. than they were down in the lower 48 in my experience so you know the two districts that I was in in the lower 48 they were they were all doing pretty much the same same kind of thing so there wasn't too much that was making them stand out here there's a lot of differences I think the biggest thing is that, the things that I've been trying to do for my whole career around personalizing the school experience for each individual student. Um, a, a number of years ago on my podcast, I talked with somebody about creating an individualized learning plan for every single student and how we really need to pay that much attention to every kid to, to make their learning unique to them. and here in my district, that's the big push. And that's what they're really focusing on. And I feel like all the things that I've gotten in trouble for throughout my whole career, I'm actually being told to do right now. And it's like, this is great. (laughs) Sign me up. I love it.
1: Yeah. That's what, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, you know, especially like for our listeners, right. So say you're an aspiring administrator or even a current administrator, right. And a position opens up in in Alaska and you're like, listen, I want to go take a, take a, drive or fly up there and, and, and give it a shot. Right. So my sense though, is listening to what you said, like if you, if you came in with, uh, you know, we're going to be, I, I'm just, just theorizing, you know, cause this is kind of how we're all being, you know, sort of trained down here, you know, like, you know, data-based decision-making, uh, looking at our park scores, looking at, you know, areas to improve school improvement plans, um, you know, close reading, you know, common core state standards, you know, in, in every grade and every lesson. Um, yeah. What's the interview committee going to (laughs) say?
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, we've got, we've, We look at, you know, data and things like that. It's a little bit different because we've had three different um, uh, state standardized tests over the last four years. And so that makes it a little bit challenging. Um, And so, like, it's tough to say, like, this is what the data is saying when it's the state data, because you can't really compare it to previous years. So, you know, for, for our district, we're really looking at a lot of personalized learning and we're doing amazing things up here with that. And, you know, just as a side note, there are currently positions available, um, in my district right now for principals and for an assistant superintendent. And so there's a lot of opportunity here that, um, that still exists. And so, um, it's a different way of life and it's a different, um, thing, uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun and, let me just tell yeah. you, Spike, one of the best parts is our summers. <laughs> like, yeah. we we do not have full year contracts. And so we get to um, be done before Memorial Day and then start um, at the beginning of August. And so pretty much wow. all of June and July are are off. And, and that's very much a cultural thing up here that the summers are times when people do a lot of subsistence um, fishing and hunting. And so... Uh, that is, that's an important thing culturally, even if you're not from here, that's still something that you need to be aware of and pay attention to. And just a very unique, um, unique way to do it. So it's really cool. Yeah.
1: And that's, it's interesting that you brought that up because as you're speaking at, you know, again, I'm thinking, you know, this is a great example of why you need to know your climate and culture. If you're an aspiring administrator or your administrator looking, um, you know, in another, in a district or another state or whatever because you have to really be able to understand you know what that is um you know and really do your homework and and figure out as you know and and then as a leader too are you going to be the kind of person that said well i'm just going to come with my knowledge and my skill set and this is how things are going to go or am i going to understand the climate and culture work within it and like you said even learn to say wow this is great. I'm going to be trying some things out that I never thought I'd be able to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's happened a lot for me and, you know, really trying to like get into the culture of where I'm at and understand what makes the local people here tick. And then we've got a big uh, military installation right next to us that feeds about half of our students. And so, um, you know, I need to understand that military culture as well and understand things like chain of command and how you deal with things like that. And it's, uh, it's really fascinating to know that like there are, there are different ways that different people do things. And one of the things that I, you know, um, talk about a lot is that as the school principal, you are, your job is to meet the needs of so many different people. Oftentimes those needs are completely conflicting. And so, you know, Like the, the parent wants there to be zero consequences for um, their child because they don't believe the child did anything wrong. And on the other hand, um, we have a Native Alaskan culture here that believes in things like restorative circles and um, making things whole again. And so uh, you have to take those things into consideration. So one parent could say, well, I'm a helicopter parent. My kids shouldn't be in trouble because they didn't do anything wrong. And the other parent that was involved in that situation says, well, I need these two to reconcile, and, and that's what really matters. So it's a really interesting uh, take on dealing with um, so many different stakeholders.
1: Wait, you're telling me that you have parents up there who think that their child does no wrong? <laughs> that's just yeah. been like my... <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You know, it is crazy. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. And, you know... It, um, it's kind of something that you know that I've been dealing with over the last couple of weeks, like some really you know hot button issues happening at the school and um, you know i I even did a you know sort of a blog post about this um, you know because you know was with, with the the shooters uh, you know in the school mm-hmm. and safety and things like that you know we had an experience right before you know uh, the winter break, and it was unfortunate and it you because know, it was much ado about nothing and um you know, what I walked away from that was like, you know, immediately everyone thought we were wrong. We didn't inform people in the right way and the right timing and all of this. Um, And since that time I've dealt with some other, you know, discipline issues that have risen to the, you know, you know, like the, the board hearings and things like that. And, you know, you have parents that are literally saying like, this is, this is not my son. This is not my family, you know, and Mm -hmm. you know, obviously we're not we're not detectives, um, but we do our due diligence and uh, it's a shame because you know that the the message that's being sent um, is is not of the um, you know like I really believe in the you know prepare your child for the path, not the path for your child
0: yeah, absolutely you know in, in addition to those tragic events, what we're also dealing with here in Alaska is very high rates of, um, of child abuse, very high rates of suicidal ideation and suicide. And just in our district, we've had two high school students this school year already take their lives and had a number of those issues at our school. And, you know, this is like, it's one thing, um, for us to just have all the normal struggles, but, um, and i really do believe that this is a life and death situation of of how we run our schools it is not just you know it's not just about academics there there's a lot that we do actively to prevent kids from taking their lives we get a lot of reports of suicidal ideation and you have to respond to that and the way that that we approach that at my school is that we Overreact, which means that we make sure that that kid knows all the resources, make sure the parents know all the resources, make sure they have all the support that they need, and then we overreact, and then we under sensationalize. So, wow, I like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's part like that that. Yeah. So I learned that from my previous superintendent, and um, in that district, there hadn't been a suicide uh, of a school aged child in over. Uh, nine years um, since he was the superintendent and that was his that was his philosophy and that was how he did it and that is that's exactly what needs to happen nobody else needs to know that these kids are having these thoughts besides those who can actually do something about it their parents and getting them connected to the right services and that approach it just is so important because it really is life and death. And if these kids come to school and feel like their teachers hate them or they can't be successful or they're failing every class, you know, it just makes it makes them that much more at risk to do something to harm themselves. And, you know, for a kid to feel like life is that hopeless when they're just in middle school or high school, I mean, Spike, it just breaks my heart. Yeah, it does. So could you
1: take us through, um, through a typical day, you know, in a in a principal up in Alaska. Not saying that you're the typical principal, because we, no, you're not. We, you know, we all read your your blogs and your and your tweets and things like that. But um, yeah, what's it? What's a typical day look like for you?
0: Yeah, so you know, um, in in this district, our middle schools start at nine thirty, which is amazing. Uh, being able to start so late in the day, those kids are able to get a good night's rest hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's a big deal. So, um, so for me with all the, um, transformative principle stuff that I'm doing, um, my day usually starts at about 5am and I get up in between five and seven, I'm doing work on that. I'm, um, having my mastermind meetings, which, um, are really powerful. If anybody's interested in that, go to transformativeprinciple.org slash mastermind, and you can learn more about these group coaching sessions that just take people to a whole new level of leadership in their schools, and we may talk more about that in a minute, but... Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that from five to seven in the morning, and then um, seven to eight, I'm helping my kids get ready for school and getting ready myself, and then Um then I head in head into work and like principles everywhere, I think you you head in and um as Jeff Zuhl mentioned on your podcast last week, you walk in the door and it's like you're shot from a cannon and that's (laughs) things Mm -hmm. are just thrown at you all day long. And and one of the things that I've really worked on this year after reading a book called The One Thing is I've determined that the one thing that I can do that'll make everything else easier or unnecessary and help deal with that onslaught of of everything that comes is to be coaching my teachers. So every day before lunch, between 930 and eleven thirty or 12 when we when we have lunch, I am working with teachers, coaching them in their classrooms, observing or um or one-on-one coaching with them or having meetings with them, things like that. That's, that's my prime time. And that's where my most important work happens. And I do that every single day that I possibly can. And so a lot of times when there are student issues during that time, they just wait until lunchtime when I can get to them then. And what I've seen with that spike is that the teacher, what I'm really doing is I'm devoting my best self. To My teachers and helping them become the best that they can be and really giving them the support that they need and my assistant principal And I both work together on that and so most of our mornings are spent doing that And I've seen such great results from that. It is just Unbelievable my my expectation for my teachers this year was to do one personalized learning lesson or unit in their class each quarter and they have just um, taken it and run with it and it is just unbelievable how how far they've gone with me being able to be there and give them support day in and day out, and then all the other stuff that you deal with as a principal that happens from at lunch until the end of the day. And you know, I try really hard to get out a decent hour. Doesn't always work, but try really hard to make sure that that's happening. And and uh, you know, you just deal with the onslaught at that point, but. I don't check my email till after lunch each day, which um, sometimes I miss out on things, but that's all right.
1: (laughs) So talk to us a little bit about, the book is called The One Thing. This was what uh, was one of the things that inspired you, no no pun intended, but um, to to devote those two to two and a half hours uh, of instruction.
0: Yep, that's right. So The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan and – it's about business, um, but I, I like to read a lot of business books because I think they make sense in education also. Sure. And they talk about your most important stuff, um, whatever it is. You do that first. You make that your priority. You don't check email or tweets or anything like that until you get that important work done. And and that's really what it's all about. If you, if you take a, a bunch of dominoes, and a domino can knock over something that is one and a half times itself um, it, uh, in size so and weight and everything. So you can start with a really tiny domino um, that's very small and you can end up knocking over a huge domino that could be the size of the Empire State Building in only 29 dominoes. And so that exponential idea that if you do the little thing that's most important then it'll knock everything else down and make everything else easier. So, what do I see? Because I'm in classrooms for two hours a day, I see a result or a reduction in uh, discipline issues. I see teachers who aren't coming and asking me things all throughout the day because I'm spending that time with them in the morning. Um, I see parent issues that are resolved before they happen because. I'm out in the classrooms dealing with things as well. And it just makes all those other things that keep us from doing the important work, it makes it so that those don't show up very much anymore because I'm putting my priorities where they're supposed to be, which is in the classrooms helping teachers. Now, for me, that's what that's what works for me. That may not be the same for everybody, and and I realize that, and that's an important thing to, to recognize because it's not it doesn't have to be the same for everybody. So, you know, at my school, that may be the most important thing. At another school, something else could be the one thing that you really you really have to be focusing on. And so really it's about figuring out what your one thing is and then what your domino is that's going to knock everything else down and use that to start changing your life. So while that's... That. You know what? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. <laughs> so while that's the work domino. There's actually another domino that is um, even more important, which sounds kind of crazy, but this has really um, impacted me way more, uh, which has like led to an increase in downloads of my podcast, led to getting great guests on my podcast, led to getting more people to sign up for the mastermind, and led to me being able to do a lot more stuff that I need to do to, to build that. And um, that that one thing is going to bed with my wife at the same time every night, which I used to. Uh, she would go to bed at like 10 o'clock and then I'd stay up till midnight or one getting work done because I always thought I didn't need as much time to sleep as everybody else. And then um, I'd get up at five and, and go at it again. And once I decided, you no, know, I'm going to go to bed when she does, then I started being more productive in the morning. And then at New Year's, she said, well, I'm going to go to bed an hour earlier at nine o'clock. And I was like, well, I can't do that. I've got too much stuff to do, quote unquote. And so I said, well, I'm going to do it anyway, because that's my my one thing that I really need to do that makes everything else easier or unnecessary. So I started going to bed at nine o'clock. And guess what, Spike? I got even more done. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's crazy, right? It is, and you know this couldn't come at a better time, uh, you know sometimes I believe the universe just sends you messages, you know of course, uh, especially when you're tuned into things because um, you know right now we're in our, our uh, pre phase for the like, school improvement process, and that's you know, uh-huh. something that I really I really believe in you know that we take the months of February, March, April, May, you know while we still have the staff and we start planning for next year, um, you know. Yeah, part of it is you know we're required to through because um, we're we're a, we're a uh, like a, f- a focus school through the um, you know with our state assessments and things like that and some of the terminology has changed but um, you know I believe in it you know it's like basically you know you have to analyze you know where you are celebrate the things that are going well and work on the things that need improvement so and you know we've known each other for for a number of years you know and I'm always thinking about the big things. I'm always thinking about, you know, um, you know, being in a Netflix and not a blockbuster to use, you know, Eric Sheninger's latest post or, you know, really trying to create that 21st century learning environment. Um, you know, that's, you know, the, like the Jetsons, the spaceships, you know, we want to be out there and, and doing things, um, differently. And what I've, what I've learned about over, um, you know, the last few years at the school that I'm at is that we're not ready for that, mm-hmm. you know? And so when we did some work uh, in January um, for our school improvement process, you know, we, you know, get teachers in groups and, you know, you basically, you could do it either way. You're going to give them stickies or you do the placemats and, you know, just identify three or four things that are, you know, that are problematic in the school and, and then, as a group, decide what are the the two or three things within that in that small group that you have to focus on, and then you open it up to the large group. And you know, by and large, you're gonna you're gonna find those themes that are gonna come out. And I've done this, you know, probably the last six years, you know, and um, what really came to light at this school at this moment is that the teachers really want to work on the small things. They want to work on the policies, the procedures, um, so that everybody's on the same page, you know, making sure the hallways, you know, are taken care of the, the, the discipline, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, I really had to take, take a step back and think, wow, like this is not the direction that I thought we needed to go in. You know, I really, I miss, I misread the organization and, um, what I found is that we're going to focus on these little things. So I'm going to check this book out. I mean, it sounds like um, it's something that is right up my alley too because um, – and I've had to talk to – because I have three VPs, you know, and they feel the same way. Like, you know, at this point, we really should be – we should be growing. We should be pushing the envelope, changing the schedule again and do – you know, because I've done a lot of change in the in the past two years I've been there. But um, I think for teachers, they need that – consistency students (laughs) need that consistency and um i don't know i'm so sorry i went on that that tangent but it's just really something that i've been wrestling with um and i I guess now i'm going to ask you to put your coaching hat on for a minute because we are going to transition into that so here i am as a principal i'm signed up with you and i just gave you all that stuff how are you going to help me uh how are you going to coach me and how would you
0: integrate the one thing into that discussion? Well, like, I'm, I'm glad you asked for that because I was just going to say, can I coach you a little bit on that? <laughs> and, um, and the yes. place that, that we want to start with that spike is what is your vision for the school? Like, where, what do you want the school to look like? Where do you want the school to be um, in five years? What does that look like to you?
1: So for me, I want it to be a, you know, a a true 21st century learning environment where, you know, kids have access to, um, technology, um, that they are taking challenging courses, that there is a plethora of choices for them to take both online courses and in-person courses. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm looking for a, um, you know, a safe environment, you know, and, and I'm looking for the school to be viewed as, you know, a growing, progressive, um, you know, improvement-based school where um, the, the type of discussions that we're having now with, with um, you know, with assessment results has increased and has improved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, we, and we've made some, you know, we've made some uh, progress um, over the last few years with our student growth percentiles. Uh, but I'm hoping that we would be having a different discussion five years from now where
0: we're double tripling our scores and things like that. Cool. So what I'm hearing you say is that you want a uh, very successful academically school with lots of access to technology and many challenging courses, both online and in person. Is that a fair short summary of what you're looking for? Yes. Okay. So what is the biggest... Thing that's standing in your way right now that is like just the enormous obstacle that's preventing it.
1: I would say that what's preventing it is probably like student discipline, hallway behavior, teachers' willingness to, um, you know, to try
0: new instructional, you know, practices. Okay, so you you mentioned a whole bunch of things, Spike. Of those whole bunch of things, which one is is the biggest one that you're most apprehensive and nervous about trying to overcome?
1: I would say probably right now, it would be, you know, the student behavior. And I'm not just talking about, you know, office discipline referrals and things like that. I'm just talking about the overall, you know, and you're, you're in the middle school, you know, student mm. apathy, student, you know, attitudes, um, you know, attendance, things like that. You know, um, I think, I think that's what's, what's holding us back.
0: Okay. So it's not so much the uh, misbehavior, it's the lack of engagement or enrollment as Seth Coden calls it um, in the process of your school. Is that a fair summary? I would say that's a fair summary. Okay. So, so the thing that is really challenging about that is how do you um how do you change other people, right? That's that's the challenging part and are you 678 or seven, eight? Six, 678. So at least you have them for 3 years like at my school I've only got them for 2 years so that's a that's a big challenge because we got to get them build trust quick and then get them to buy into our process before they before they move on to the next school which you know, in three years, that's still very challenging to make that happen. So, right. if if there was one thing that you could change between uh, among the student apathy, like what what would you see as the thing that would make that all um, be better? Like, what would that look like if the students were not apathetic anymore?
1: I think it would it would look. Like, like this, you know, so I'm going in to do a walkthrough or an observation, and I would see kids engaged in the lesson, asking questions, um, you know, up, moving around, you know, doing things hands on, things like that. Um, I'd see their, you know, their behavior in the hallways where, you know, they're walking to the right, they're keeping their voices down, they're being respectful to the adults.
0: those are some okay. of the
1: things that I would look at.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so, so if it looks like that, how would that make you feel as you were walking through your building, experiencing those things?
1: I, it would make me feel tremendous, you know, because, um, you know, and and I know that it's a matter of perception, you know? uh because there's one of me and there's there's 1100 kids there's 120 staff we have a really big organization mm-hmm. and um, there are times where i see just that that's the thing it's not that it's not there there are times where i'm in the hallways and the kids are they're doing exactly what we need them to do and go to the lunchroom they're doing exactly what they need to be doing and they're in the classroom and they're engaged but there are other times or, or what's I think what's most disappointing is that when I talk to teachers and I say, you know, what are the things that we need to change here? It continues to come back to hallways, you know, classroom behavior, you know, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah. So how do the kids know what that behavior um, should look like? Well, right
1: now uh, we use the PBIS or PBSIS uh, program, um, you know, where Teachers are focusing on the positive things. You know, we have four very basic school rules and we, I don't think it's, it's a high engagement, but we do, um, you know, we do teach them what our expectations are in all the different areas. So how do you behave in the cafeteria? How do you, you know, all these expectations are taught, you know, at, at the beginning of the
0: year. Mm -hmm. and and how's that working out are you where you want to be yet no no not at all so that approach while noble and appropriate and what every pbis school teaches about is that actually getting you to where you want to be not right now yeah so so now what we want to do, so we've established what the vision looks like, what the, what the chasm is between you and where your vision wants to go. And now what we need to figure out is what action can you take such that by doing it will make everything else easier or unnecessary. And this is where the real challenge is because right now you probably don't know what the answer to that question is, right? No, I don't. Yeah and and that. because it can't be just me, right? Exactly. And and that's what I
1: said, you know. It can't be just me, it can't be just my vice principals, it can't be just the teachers, it can't be just the kids. You know, there's it's so many there's so many layers to it. You're right. But there's probably you're going to say there's probably one thing that we could all or that that could start and that's why I'm here, you know. That's why I'm I'm um, looking for answers and 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 wanting to involve, you know, all of our key stakeholders in this process because it's something that I'm really passionate about. I really want to fix. I don't want to be have and I cuz I feel like you know, I feel bad for the staff sometimes because many of them since the building opened will tell me that these are the same discussions that they've been having and I want to be able to be the one that helps them to say, "Okay, well, you know what? At least we're not having that conversation anymore. We've we've
0: solved" This, Mm -hmm. yeah, and so that that really is um, is is the power in just in figuring out what the one thing is. Is that when you do that and you do that every single day, um, then you have that great impact on the kids. I mean, the reality is you're not going to have kids that are in kids that are doing well academically if they're not engaged to begin with, right? Correct. Like it's, it's impossible for a kid to do well academically and be totally apathetic. That's just not going to happen. So you've got to, you've got to start doing things to get you to that point. So what is in your mind right now, the one thing that you could do such that by doing it would make it easier for those kids to be engaged in what they're doing at school?
1: The one thing that I could do, like, on Monday morning. Yep. Um, That's a good question. I don't know if I know the answer to that right now.
0: Great. So, it's okay to not know the answer, right? Because if you knew the answer already, you'd be doing it. Right. Right. (laughs) I mean, right.
1: I could tell you what I've been doing, what I've tried. I've tried this. I've tried that. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, there are days where I've just... Because I was talking with you before, like, when I was, you know, interviewed on your... Your podcast, and I've talked this about this a lot about the Sam's Time Tracker yep, yep. Uh, program that I'm going through. Um, there's been some days where I've just said to my uh, my time coach that I am canceling everything for today, and I am going to be out in the hallways observing. Um, I want to be at key places. I want to be, um, you know, working with teachers and security guards and vice principals to to really continue to understand this this supposed mammoth you know cultural shift that needs to happen in our school you Mm -hmm. know because the theory is it's it's pretty clear it's like you know kids are you know out in the hall misbehaving or you know being kids basically um you know how likely is it that they're going to then turn that off get in and, and into their class and start learning algebra uh in a in a high you know with a high engagement you know um so yeah exactly it's about you know, not only raising that rigor in the classroom, but just raising that rigor, you know, everywhere, buses, the walk-in, in the hallways, in the cafeteria,
0: you know. Yeah. And, and there are some things also, Spike, where, you know, kids are human beings. For example, um, it, I, every school I've been at, there's been somebody complaining about the noise level in the cafeteria. And I'm like, <laughs> when was the last time you went to a restaurant that was not a like a fancy restaurant with like, you know, lots of booths and you know really expensive food. When's the last time you went to a place whose whole sole purpose was to just get people in, get them a bunch of food, and then move them along very quickly? That's what our cafeterias are like, right? So a McDonald's, right. a, a Golden Corral, some other buffet kind of place. What's the noise level like in those places, Spike? We're right. It's it's, loud. It's it's loud. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, that's the uh, environment that our kids are in. That's the environment that we can see out in the real world. So why are we been out of shape when the noise level is high in there? Because the noise level is high everywhere. You have a a large group of people getting their food quickly and then, um, and then sitting down and eating with their friends and, and uh, acquaintances and family and things like that. So Like that's, that's an area where, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose my mind because it's loud in the cafeteria. I would expect it to be loud in the cafeteria. I grew up in a family with um, seven kids. Dinner was always loud. That's just all there is to it. So like, (laughs) let's just move on from that problem and recognize this is okay and let's move on and we don't need to stress about that so i asked you what's the one thing that you could start doing that would make it easier for kids to to be engaged in their learning and you said you don't know so if you did know what would that look like to you i i would think
1: um like the one thing that that i could do would, would probably be more um to be more visible and engaged in the, in the
0: classrooms themselves, Mm -hmm. modeling that what I'm looking for. Yeah. And is that going to happen? Like you're going to do this. And then tomorrow you're going to do this on Monday. And then on Tuesday, all of a sudden kids are going to be perfect. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, no, not at all. No. It
1: it sounds like what what you're saying is um, what you do is you, you, you set upon, you know, whatever it is that goal. So, so, if we were having this, this coaching discussion, you know, you would say, okay, well then if that's what you're saying, you know, you want to be in there to either one, figure out what's going on or two model or three, you know, um, you know, try to help out with the engagement in the, in, in the struggling areas, then you need to carve out time and you need to make that your priority. And then that is what you do every day, day in, day out during that time, right? You make it sacred. And then I'm just thinking, I don't know, but then you and I would, would touch base and, you know, either a couple days or, or a couple weeks, and then we'd start to, to kind of report out on that and, and how, and how would it be going? Yeah. Is
0: that about what you do? Yep, exactly. So let me, let me break this down into a super quick examination of that. Um, I had somebody join my mastermind on January 2nd and around February Fourth or fifth or so, he needed to give a presentation to his um, to his school board about the direction of the school, kind of like a strategic planning warm up kind of session, right? And so, so he he joined the mastermind, and we talked about this exact thing. And I and I we had a very similar conversation to you. And I said, so what's the one thing that you could do that would make it easier for you to get there? And So we're talking about a big, huge presentation about the whole overview of the school, where it's heading. That wasn't like hour long presentation at least. And I, what's the one thing he could do? The one thing he chose to do was to spend 15 minutes one day each week for the next week, just writing out his vision, putting it on paper. Cause he hadn't, he didn't have that. And so that was his one thing. So for that week, he did that. For 15 minutes each day that's like no time spike that's not a big deal but what that allowed him to do was to start figuring out what he really wanted which meant that he started saying that in conversations more which meant that he started getting people on board with the idea which meant that he was able to articulate it and see where the holes were and then you know time went by and um he did that for a week and then his next goal was to um do that visually so that he could draw and make um, images to represent what he was hoping for. And then um, by the time that month went by, he was able to present to his school board exactly what his vision was in an amazing presentation that was just inspiring. After listening to him do the practice with me before he met with the board, I wanted to go to his school. That's how right. how powerful that was. And so that started with him doing something for 15 minutes each day. And so for you, like, I'm not sure what your daily schedule is. You know that much better. But if you're not doing the thing that you think is the one thing, which you said was being in your classrooms and modeling it. And if you're not doing that yet, that's going to take you some time to get up to that point. And if you start with just 15 minutes that you're going to go in and you're going to say, to an apathetic kid, this is what I want your learning to look like, and then you model it, that may not be how you decide to do it. I'm just saying, for sake of the argument. If you do that for 15 minutes every day, um, that's gonna pay some dividends later on down the line. It's not gonna happen right that minute, but if it's really something that will make things change, then you'll be able to see it. Now, this is exactly what it was for me. I started out with an hour each day, Uh, coaching my teachers at different times throughout the day. I ended up expanding that time over time. um, Once I got more used to it, because there's still all this other stuff that we need to do, but I expanded that time to two to two and a half hours, depending on our daily schedule so that now that's really easy for me. That's blocked off in my calendar. My secretary knows that nobody gets my time during that time, unless it's a teacher that I'm, that I'm coaching and, and that's just how it works now. It makes total sense that that's what I do every morning. And when I'm not doing that, then there's something weird going on or something not right going on. And it really quickly changes what your focus is. So if that's your one thing, Spike, that you want to be in classrooms modeling, how much time do you want to be in classrooms modeling each day?
1: Well, like you said, I think I would probably start out with... You know something achievable, like you know fifteen minutes or half an hour. You know, put that into place, and then you know reevaluate it. Um, you know, over the course of a you know like a week or, like you said, probably maybe sometimes even shorter, and um, and then start to expand that out. And then also, then I'm modeling that then for the vice principals and. Uh, guidance counselors, because I'm trying to say like, whatever it is that you value the most, then we, you need to, you need to make that part of your schedule.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so by time blocking it and making it something that you're really going to put the time and energy into and making sure that that time is sacred, that's when you really make an impact because your actions speak a lot louder than your words. So if the lunchroom behavior is an issue in your school and you want that to change and the one thing you can do to make that change is to be down there, then you be down there and you make sure that that happens. And you know, when, whenever, whatever your one thing is, when you put the emphasis and focus on that, then amazing things start to happen. So what we do in the mastermind is we go through this, uh, a similar coaching process. Um, and there's more people, so we give and take a little bit more than just one-on-one, and we figure out what our goals are at the end, of the end of the session. We set a goal each week, and then we check in every week and say, how did you do with that? Did you meet that? Did you not? What did you struggle with? And how can you get better in that area so that the next time you've got this goal that is, that is attainable and powerful and also makes you a little bit scared and pushes you to move all the way down? good i'm glad i'm
1: yeah and i'm glad that you're doing that because i want like especially for our listeners to hear you know having that conversation with you and i you know like i said i've known you for a while and you know you, you know you certainly help to bring that out but you have to show some vulnerability too mm-hmm. you know it's not easy for me to say or oh, what are the things that you know we are struggling with the most or you know, and, and put that out, you know, over a podcast or whatever, you know, because not everybody, you know, always looks at that as the most positive thing. But I think, um, the way that you do it and obviously it would, it's not through an entire podcast, you know, you're, you're, you're in small groups, you're, you're building that trust and it's private one. It's private. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really powerful, you know, because I like what you say in your, um, you know, and I do recommend everybody to check out um, transformativeprinciple.org backslash mastermind. Um, Like you say, I help you, I help you lead, not just run from one fire to the next. I think (laughs) leadership is really, you know, that's really what, um, you know, if if you let it, that's what it will, it will certainly become. Um, So how does somebody go about signing up for that? Or uh, do you, you know, how, how does the whole process work?
0: Well, really, it's about making sure that, that we're going to be a good fit. Like if we talk on the phone for 15 minutes and it's super awkward and uncomfortable, then it's it's not going to work. And, um, and so I want to make sure that you're comfortable with me, that I'm comfortable with you. So the first step is to schedule a call with me that you can do at that website, transformative master, principle.org mastermind. You can go there. You can click schedule a call with Jethro. And then we'll get on the phone and talk and make sure that it's a good fit. If it is, and if I think the mastermind can help you achieve what you're looking for, then I'll, I'll invite you to be part of it. And there have been people who um, who for whom it hasn't worked, um, but everybody f- who said, yeah, this is something that I want and need, and I believe we can meet that. Um, it's been an amazing experience. We've had uh, principals that have gone on to get promoted to district-level callings, principals that have left the profession to be a consultant, which has been their dream for years. Um, people that have gotten awards and promotions and, and moved to other positions that were better for them, you know, all this kind of stuff. It it really is powerful when you spend your time with the people that are going to make you better. And so there's a Jim Rohn quote that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And in that group of, of those in the mastermind, we are all pushing each other to be better. In fact, earlier this year there was a principal who had um, a very controversial thing happen that made it all the way to the front page of Fox News, And, um, and he, I believe, was able to manage that because he had a support group that was saying, like he had his district support and that was great, but he also had other principals who've been through similar things telling him and giving him advice so that he wasn't just doing whatever the district leadership says. He was taking their advice, taking our advice, making the best decision and that hit the front page and then everything died down and he managed it really, really well, communicated with his families appropriately. And it was a great experience to see him go through that pressure, that high pressure situation and come out on top in the end. It was just super inspiring. And that, you know we never know when those things are going to happen so yeah exactly it's to have that yeah. network in place that's awesome well listen
1: uh, Jethro, this has been an awesome conversation as it always uh is and um you know i really appreciate the time that you've been able to spend not only just a little bit of the coaching with me but just being able to share your story uh you know this this story of the the alaskan you know uh you know, climate and culture, um, you know, the school culture there, I think our, our listeners really got a chance to, to get a, a glimpse into that world. Um, but as always, you know, we, we always want to keep the conversation going. So, um, how can we, uh, keep in touch with you and, um, just let us know, you know, the little things that maybe are going on right now that, um, that may have been, been of interest to
0: our listeners yeah so um you can follow me on twitter at jethro jones but really i'm working on a big huge goal right now um spike and and it is to impact 100 million students by the year 2027 so if you're still listening to this you've gotten something out of it and so i'm going to invite you to help me make that impact by going to transformativeprinciple.org slash impact and there you can just leave a. Uh, answer my survey, which just asks how many kids you're going to impact. And I'm keeping a running total on that. And I want to tell you real quick where we're at. Cause I just, I see it. I just gave a keynote yeah. um, and uh, so impacted a few more people. So right now we're at 29,000 and talk about having a big, huge goal and taking small steps to get there. And so wow. um, I've got a long way to go, but if you're listening to this still, I'd love for you to go there. And, um, and click on that, uh, link and fill out the short survey, um, and tell me how many you're, you're impacting. That would be an honor to me and I would greatly appreciate it. And, um, and I would thank you so much for that. So transformativeprinciple.org slash impact. If you're driving right now, just remember that transformative principles make an impact and you should be able to find it.
1: Yeah, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes too. Um, you know, whether they're on the app or uh, go to our blog, we'll have the um, the link there. But yeah, it's uh, his goal is to positively impact the lives of 100 million students through the work that he's doing with leaders around the world. It's not just a goal for him, but it's for all of us. And uh, like I said, he's already impacted 29,018 uh, kids, which is, um, you know, one little step into a big huge um impact that's that's going to take years to do but I, I love it it's um you know i think that makes me think of that uh siddhartha quote um a thousand mile journey begins with one step
0: yeah so the one thing that i'm doing um to reach that that i started when i started this goal was to um, go to bed at the same time as my wife each night. So I did that for 66 days. My next 66-day challenge is to eat healthy. And if I eat healthy I'll, and I go to bed on time, I'll have the energy to do the things that make an impact on other people. I'm starting with small stuff here, man. I mean, it's crazy. And yet, 29,000 people have been impacted because I went to bed on time. How crazy is that? crazy, <laughs> Well, I,
1: I, I'm super excited and, and I know that we'll be in touch, you know, along this process. And, uh, you know, once again, everybody check out, uh, Jethro, you know, on Twitter at Jethro Jones and check out his website transformative dot org. Um, there's, you can learn about his podcast, how to get rid of uh, leadership isolation. Um, and then of course the impact, uh, which is, which is huge. And, um, you know, definitely download his, um, his podcast, the transformative principle. Uh, he has over, you know, 214 shows out right now. There's been about 200,000 downloads. So it's super successful. And it's because, you know, he's a guy that, that cares about making things better, uh, is a great listener and asks awesome questions, So I'm glad I was able to turn the table on him today. So thanks again, Jethro.
0: Thank you. It's been my pleasure.
1: Okay, and uh, don't forget to uh, follow us at PrincipalPLN. You can check out our blog, PrincipalPLN.com. On behalf of uh, Jessica Johnson and Teresa Stagger, PrincipalPLN out.
0: Thanks for sharing in the learning with us today. Remember
1: to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and continue the conversation by joining the Boxer Group. Links can be found at PrincipalPLN.com.